Grace, mercy, and peace are the reward, and they're yours through Jesus Christ. Amen. Did you hear about the alert that was sent out in Hawaii just a little over a week ago? An alert went out via text and social media that said, Warning, there is an incoming missile. This is not a drill. And the news spread quickly. People started running around in a panic trying to find cover. They were calling up their loved ones and saying goodbye. It kind of seemed like the looming threat of North Korea was now more than just a threat. But you and I both know that, that 38 minutes after that first alert was sent out, a second alert was sent out from the same source that said, there is no missile. Now, this was all just a big accident. What a relief, right? That no one was going to get hurt? That this was all just a big accident? I'm sure that's how the people felt at first. But that was probably closely followed by the feeling of outrage at this great deception. I mean, it would have been understandable, right? If someone would have hacked the United States system and they would have sent out this alert to cause panic and pandemonium. But it wasn't. It came from our own people. We don't expect deception from our own. But you know, the Bible and history kind of teach us something different. They teach us that that's actually what deception is. That we should expect lies and deceit from our enemies, but from our own? From church leaders? From religious teachers? From the church? If we can't trust ourselves, now what? The Apostle John and the Christian church were kind of struggling with this same thought. With this same problem. Because you see, the Apostle John and the the rest of the apostles at the time were not the only religious leaders and, and Bible teachers of the first century. There were these other guys. You might picture them like, TV evangelists or or church planters, but they had a message and they would travel from city to city and they would find people who would listen to them. And they would preach their message and people would listen and they would learn and they would believe, but there was a problem. The message that these leaders and teachers were teaching was not consistent with the Bible. These weren't the teachings of Jesus Christ, and they definitely didn't point people to Jesus as their Savior. So the Apostle John, Pastor John, writes a letter to his people, and he says this, Many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. 
Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teachings of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take them into your house or welcome them. Anyone who welcomes them shares in their wicked work. They sound like malicious people, don't they? They're out to get you. They're going to prey on the weak. You kind of picture the the typical bad guy in the movies, right? He's wearing a, a black trench coat. He's got that creepy facial hair. And when you look into his eyes, you just know that that man is evil. If only it were that easy. Uh, Unfortunately, these people weren't that obvious. These bad guys were not that obvious. They they walked, talked, and they acted like all the other religious leaders and church teachers of the day. In fact, many of them talked like, like John and dressed like John, and that's the first thing that made them such great deceivers. The second thing was that they believed their message. They were sincere. They sincerely believed what they were teaching. And they sincerely wanted the people to believe their message as well. They weren't aware that they had believed a lie. That that they themselves had been deceived. And that made them dangerous. That's why the, the Apostle John calls them not only the deceivers, but he calls them the Antichrist. That's kind of a harsh word, isn't it? In, Bi- in Bible teaching, we hear of the, the, the big letter Antichrist and, and the small letter Antichrist. We're talking about the small letter Antichrist here. And you could tell who these people were by by just the name. They were anti-Christ. They were against Christ. But they weren't obvious. They weren't dressed in black. They weren't casting spells on people. No, they, they were coming and saying that they were proclaiming the teachings of Christ. They were they would say that they were teaching what the Bible was teaching. And that's what made them antichrist. They would lead people away from Christ by tricking them. You know, I, I'm kind of convinced of something that, that if I wanted people to really listen to my sermons, if I wanted my sermons to go viral on the internet, if I wanted people to read the things that I wrote, all I would have to do is attach one word to that sermon. Secret. You've seen them as you're walking through the, the line, the checkout line at the grocery store. Those magazines that are sitting there, that while you're bored and you're waiting, you, you look at them, you may not pick them up and read them, you may not buy those magazines, but the title catches your attention, doesn't it? The five secrets to losing weight. The three secrets to true happiness. 
And books do the same thing, don't they? The secret to a more productive life, the secret to a successful relationship. Why are these titles so appealing to us? I think that's because we want to know what they know. That they know something, and we want to know it too. It's almost this paranoia that we have. That there was some life training day that no one told us about, that we forgot to show up to. That there's some secret knowledge that we have to tap into in order to be who we want to be and live like we want to live. That kind of paranoia just leaks. It leaks into other aspects of our lives. It influences us. We start to think that we were missing something. It leaks into how we think about Jesus and about the truth of the Bible. Maybe we missed something. Maybe there's something that I don't know. Can it really be that simple? Believe in Jesus as your Savior and He will give you blessing upon blessing upon blessing. That seems far too easy. I must be missing a secret. I need to know the secret. Maybe you can track with this thinking. Because maybe at times in your life, you felt like you're missing something. You felt like you wanted more. And you know what your sinful nature does, right? It quickly turns that want into a need. And all of a sudden, you need more. And you need more and more and more. And you want to know the secret. Suddenly, the Word of God is not good enough anymore. And you are deceived before the deceivers even come to talk to you. It's really the oldest deception in the Bible. It was the very first deception when Adam and Eve were, were given everything. And remember what God said? He said that everything was very good. It was perfect. They had everything they ever needed. But the devil lied to them. He deceived them. He told them that they needed more. That, that they should want more knowledge. That they should want to be like God, to be better than what God had already made them to be. And they were deceived. They ran ahead of what God had told them. They went outside of what God had said. That's why John said, anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Here's the picture. You're taking your dog for a walk in the woods. And he's on a leash, but he's, he's pulling and he's leading you ahead. And eventually you just you throw the leash down and you let him go a little bit. And he runs further ahead. 
And he's going from side to side to side and getting a little further off the path each time. But you know that that path was there for a purpose, right? Because off of the path, there are things like thorns and rattlesnakes and poison ivy. That path was there to protect. When we run ahead of Scripture, when we start to follow our own path, when we start ignoring what God says and choosing to to live the way that we think we should live, choosing to live the way that we want, we are leaving that path. But it's not just rattlesnakes and thorns and, and poison ivy that's waiting for us. It's deceivers. It's antichrists. When we leave that, that path that Christ has laid out for us, we run into these deceivers and antichrists that push us further into the darkness. That feed us exactly what we want to hear. That give us a message of more. That there's more than, than just Scripture that you need. That you have to listen to the teachings of this man in Rome, this revelation from this man in Rome or these councils in Utah, they will send a pretty worldly, attractive message that said, the times have changed and the Bible should change with the times. That keeping a pure marriage bed, that enjoying the the benefits of marriage before marriage is the new thing. It's relevant. It was different back then. That's what your grandparents, your grandparents would would keep the marriage bed pure, but it's, it's not as big a thing today. That we trumpet acceptance at all costs, and that's more important than just the truths in Scripture. That the modern person is not made to go to a church or be a part of an organized religion because that's oppressive. It's controlling. The people that say these things are deceivers. They're antichrists. They're running ahead of what Scripture says. And they're saying what you want to hear, what your sinful nature wants to hear but not what you need to hear. Here's what you need to hear. These people that run ahead of Scripture, did you hear what John said? They do not have God. They are godless. They are searching. And if you listen to them, If you accept their message, if you agree with their message, you do not have God. You are godless. You will search and search and search and never find. Because this is what you're saying to God. When you're you're listening to these other messages that aren't from Scripture, 
You're saying to God, what you have given me is not good enough. I need more. But there's no need to search for more when you already have the most. God has given you everything. He's given you everything in the Bible. Everything that you need in this life has been given to you in that book. It's what you can trust. It's what you can hold close to your heart and what you can believe with all your heart. And this was John's message to the people and this was John's message throughout his lifetime. John said in his gospel, these are written, talking about the scriptures, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. These were given to you. These scriptures, these words were given to you for a purpose. John said, so you can believe? And so you could have life. What that means is you don't have to search and search and search. That your search is over. You don't have to run ahead of Scripture to find truth because you found it. You have the full truth. You don't have to search for some reward out there because you have a reward. Did you catch when John said reward? I want to pause there for a second and talk about what a reward is because it's a little different than what we would consider a reward in this life. When we, when we talk about a reward in our everyday life, we think of something that we won. We think of something that we, we earned. Something that we merited somehow. When we talk about a reward in the Bible, we're talking about something that someone else won for you. That was given to you and it was undeserved. It was unearned and frankly un- unexpected. It's like you were in a race and you finished last. But the person who finished first decided that he was going to give you his first place medal. That he was going to let you stand on the podium in his place. And that you would get the glory and the honor. You would get to talk to all the reporters. And because that reward was given to you as a gift and it was unexpected and unearned, it is so precious That reward is that you no longer have to live with guilt or with shame. Those things that were on your shoulders, that were weighing you down, Jesus came and he lifted it all off of your shoulders for you. He removed all of those sins. He has forgiven all of your sins. And no one knew this forgiveness better than David. Let's read this this passage together. God has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. It's the guarantee of love. That no matter what other people think about you, 
No matter how you feel about yourself, the, the times that you feel unloved in this world, you are always loved. You have that as a guarantee. Jesus loved you so much that he was willing to die just to be with you. John wrote that in his gospel. Let's read this passage together. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. It's the peace that rules your heart. Sometimes life gets pretty crazy. Sometimes unexpected things happen. You lose your job. You lose a loved one. You can't pay the bills. Your kids won't listen to you. You haven't slept in days. But no matter what is happening in your life, you have peace. You have peace that supersedes all of the busyness, all of the unpredictability of life. That peace is beautiful and it guards your heart like Paul says. Let's read this one together. The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's peace that's rooted in your final reward. Heaven. It's what God has been preparing for you since the creation of the world. He's had a room ready for you where you get to spend eternity with him. Which Paul says is far better than anything. Let's read this last passage here from Paul. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. My desire is to depart and be with Christ for that is far better. And here's the exclamation point that John adds. Whoever continues in this teaching has both the Father and the Son. It would have been enough for us to just have one of them, right? To just have the Father or just have the Son, but he has given you both. You have a Father who listens to you and loves you more than anything. You have a Father who provides for you, who cares for you, watches over your life. You have the Son who wanted to be your brother so badly that he came to this earth and died for you. That now he sits and he talks well of you to the Father. He speaks to you on on your behalf, speaks to the Father on your behalf. And one day he's going to come back and he's going to take you to be with him forever. That right now as you're sitting and listening, You have the Father and the Son, and let's not forget about the Holy Spirit, too. He's living in your heart, and they are with you every day of your life as you continue in the teachings of Christ. This reward is so precious that we want to protect what we have worked for. Did those words stick out to you a little bit? If your Lutheran detector was going off saying, work? What? Work shouldn't be in here. Get that word out of here. That word does not belong in our church. We don't work to earn anything. And that's not what John is saying. John's not saying we merited or worked for anything. He's saying that we worked to preach the truth. That we worked really hard 
to teach you the pure teaching of the Bible, that we were only going to teach you what's in the Bible, nothing more, nothing less. That we strove to be a Scripture alone church. That's one of the greatest things about our church body. That we have the absolute truth. That we don't have to take man's word for anything because we have God's word. And that's a huge blessing. It gives us stability, solid ground, and a standard that never changes. You have everything. You don't have to run ahead and search for more truth because you have the full truth. You're not searching. You have been found. Now what you are searching for is confidence and clarity. And that comes with practice. That comes with time in the Word, with finding a little time in the morning to to look over a few passages and think about them. With sneaking a few minutes at lunch to think about God's Word. To joining a connect group where you can really chew on a piece of Scripture. Where you can bounce your thoughts and ideas off of other Christians. And where you can dive deeper into the truth. Maybe some of you know this, but our government trains agents to spot fake hundred dollar bills. And do you know how they train them? They don't show them the, the countless different fake counterfeit bills out there. They show them the correct hundred dollar bill. They make them memorize every feature on that dollar bill, on that hundred dollar bill. So they know it so well. So that when they see something other than that, they can spot it and pick it out. Imagine that you are that agent, that government agent. And that every time that you, got, you made the correct decision between the, $100, the fake $100 bill and the correct one, you got to keep the correct one. That'd be a pretty awesome job, wouldn't it? Sign me up now. That's what God has done for you. He has given you the absolute truth so that you can discern what the correct teaching is. But then he tells you, you get to keep it too. It's all yours and all the rewards that come with it. Let that, let that give you peace and contentment as you continue to walk in his truth. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, you are the truth. Help us to live in that truth. And in the truth that you have given us every day of our lives, help us to find comfort in the truth and to share that truth with others. Lord, we we pray this all in your name. Amen.